1: Welcome back to VTR Boxing Podcast Network. This is the Big Fight Reaction Show. I'm your host, Sean, and I'm joined by Johnston to talk about what an exciting weekend we have just witnessed in the sport. Javante Tank-Davis stopping Ryan Garcia by a TKO in the seventh round. A huge, huge fight and a really, really good ending to the fight, a fantastic body shot, which we'll talk about, but also a potential candidate for fight of the year in Rakimov versus Cordina. Cordina becoming a two-time IBF champion, beating Rakimov in what was a real back and forth affair. Very excited to, to dissect both of these fights and talk about them. And then of course you've got notable moments from the weekend like Alan the Savage Babich getting sparked in Poland in the first round. Martin Bicoli carries on by beating his opponent. And then you've got the likes of Gavin Gwynn on the Cordina undercard. There's, there's a few other things to dissect across the course of this episode but johnston bringing you straight into it now tank davis what an intelligent fighter he is and what an exciting fight davis versus garcia was
0: yeah it was wasn't it um i was uh as impressed with davis as as i've always been and he, he does really remind me of canelo just the way he's so patient no matter how the fight's presenting itself. And he's he's almost like got this this radar clock in his data, isn't he? Waiting for opportunities to arise and and um, and that opportunity obviously arise in a second. I mean it was a beautiful shot that put Garcia down, wasn't it? And and Garcia was obviously trying to put his put the pedal down really put the pressure on him and uh, try and make him rash, be a bit more rash and, and and waste these shots. And he certainly didn't do that. Even then he just sort of that lovely shot that he landed on. on a, it was all like a right-hand upper. Was it Was it an uppercut? It wasn't really an uppercut. It was just because he was so little. And for me, the size difference was 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 crazy to look at, really. I knew Garcia would be taller, but I was quite surprised. Um, and, um, yeah, I, it was an emphatic finish from Davis. And, and a lot of people have said that Garcia give up. I, I can sort of understand that. It took, it took the wind out of him. He's gone down, waited for that 10 seconds and then got up. Did he quit? I mean, he could have carried on, uh, but I think he would have eventually got stopped. So uh, maybe he just saved himself for another day. Uh, the body shots though, you know, if anyone's had one, it bloody hurts. So shouldn't it Sean? Yeah, it does. And, and you know, it does, it, it, they are harder to come back from. And at times it looks like someone's give up, but in actual fact, it really hurt. And I sort of thought it was a bit of a way out for him because he could then say, I got done with a body shot because of the, the weight issue, possibly, Maybe it is a bit of a get-out clause, so I can understand that. But the body shots are, once they once they connect and they land accurately, they're devastating. And as you see, Garcia was unable
1: to get up. It was like a delayed reaction in my eyes. It was like, it was. I I always remember Ricky Hatton and, and, and Jose Luis Castillo on the body shot that Hatton lands the left hook to the liver. Same type of shot that tank landed on Garcia. And it was, what, a second, maybe two before... Castillo reacts and turns around and goes to the knee. Similar thing, really, with Garcia. And I think it was a shot that completely took it out of him. Completely. And he just couldn't get up from it. He, you know, and he's, he's probably questioning himself while he's on his knee at the point, thinking... Is this worth it? And, you know, there's probably all sorts of thoughts going yeah. on for his mind. Can I really get up? Or he's probably thinking, I'm trying to catch my bloody breath and I can't. So, you know, at that moment when that happens to you, if you've ever taken that level of a body shot before, you you don't you can't really say until you've taken one what you would actually do because if you've taken something like that in the moment, it's a fight or flight moment. You're either going to get up and you're going to try your best to carry on, or you're not going to be able to get up, and it, the fight's going to end before you know it. And that's what happened. For me, that's that's what I saw. I saw a guy it that did. it crippled him, and he, he, he couldn't get up. People saying he quit, people saying he was rate-drained, so he decided that was it. I'm not buying into any of that stuff personally. I mean, anybody that's took a body shot, I've took a body shot, and it bloody hurts. It really does bloody hurt, and it really does take the wind out of you. And, to try and recover from something like that, it, it, it's it's in a fight. In it's, ten seconds as well.
0: Well, you got to remember, it's ten seconds. You got to exactly to get your It's not, it's not, it's not an easy thing to. Well, do. I was going, I was going to say,
1: I was going to say, try dealing with a body shot like that and keeping yourself in the fight throughout the course of the fight. It it stays with you throughout the fight. That's the point I'm trying to make. If you take something like that. Earlier on in a fight. It stays with you throughout the course of the fight. Taking something like that. Halfway through a fight. Going into the second half of this fight. After he'd already taken some significant blows. It it just for me. It just finished him off. And it was a really well placed body shot. And it was. I don't think there was nothing he could do about it. It's as simple as that for me. I'm not buying into this theory that. Because he looked weight drained. That he was weight drained. That he didn't get up because of that. Yes it could have had something to do with his resistance. As a result. But in terms of his heart and determination I, I I don't think it had anything to do with that personally, people might completely disagree with me, but you know what, I, I, I don't care I've personally been in a ring and I've personally felt it and I've personally had to go through that level of adversity before, so I know exactly what it feels like, and you're either gonna try and get up and try and go through the rest of the fight suffering, or you, you, you're gonna accept that this is not something I can get up from, regardless of what heart and determination I have I'd say props to Garcia because I think he showed heart and determination throughout the fight but Javante Davis is just an intelligent intelligent fighter and I think he systematically broke Garcia down throughout the course of that fight and there's, there's, there's sort of levels to IQ within the ring and they talk about this whole Intelligence within the ring and having someone like a Davis who is has shown again how intelligent he is inside the ring is just proving to to, to to everybody else that you know this is a guy regardless of what his style is he's still a very intelligent fighter and you put him in there now with anybody in the division and he will give them an almighty difficult now people are talking about him fighting the winner of Haney versus Lomachenko in may. I'd love to see him against any of the two of them because I think it provides a completely different fight whomever he faces but for him to not have a title in this division at the moment seems pretty ludicrous given that he's probably one of the top stars in the division aside from Hayne, who's undisputed you know Javante Davis is probably the other star of the division at the moment for me.
0: Well the argument that some people are saying is that he's the the face of boxing in fact and uh you know, it's difficult to argue with that, but I suppose when you look at sort of what, is that victory for Hank, for Tank, sorry, Hank, listen to me. Uh, is that victory for Tank over Garcia as good as what Lopez did over Lomachenko? I don't think it is. I think that's, for me personally, I think Lopez's victory over Lomachenko was better, but he wasn't able to follow that up. So what Davis now needs to do is follow that up. And he needs to follow up with an impressive victory. You know, for me, I think the only one out there that I believe could probably, cause problems for Davis and potentially beat him is, is Stevenson I honestly feel that that would be an absolute super fight Stevenson against Davis because I've seen you know, I've seen so I've seen praises for Stevenson in terms of his range and how he how, how he sees pictures and paints pictures in the ring how he does keep that that range so well and works behind that jab and he's got fantastic footwork and you do you one the one thing I would say about him is that he doesn't really put his foot down enough to knock people out when I believe he has the ability to do that. Whereas Davis is the different side of that, where he waits, he's patient, and he's he's timing if, if his he shots, his power, you know, his IQ, just like Stevenson as well, but just slightly different in the way they go about their business. But that makes a very intriguing fight for me, and I think he's the only one really, in all honesty, that causes Davis problems. I think if he connects with Haney, Haney goes. Um, No disrespect to him, he's the undisputed, but I still believe that that's probably why Haney's bided his time a little bit. You know, he's got himself into a great position with the Cambos as junior victories and now got Lomachenko, he's got a point to prove. But you want to see these guys face each other, don't we, Sean? Hopefully this is the benchmark for that.
1: I agree, I think this is the benchmark for it. If nothing happens from here now, it'll be an utter anticlimax with this fight. You know, this is hopefully the beginning of, of what could potentially be a modern day Fab four. And this is what we were talking about in our preview. You know, this could be the start of a modern day sort of Fab Four, potentially five really with, with some of the fighters around. I think Garcia has pretty much said that, you know, he struggled with the weight. He said it in in one of the interviews I watched afterwards that, you know, I'm thinking about the move up in weight and, you know, maybe the weight wasn't right. He he didn't provide too many excuses. He accepted his defeat like a man and they were both very sportsmanlike afterwards, given all the the crap beforehand to sell the fight and it was nice to see all that sort of stuff. Now we want to see Davis move on. Now we want to see him get the big fights. We want to see him lie in wait for the winner of Haynie Lomachenko or fight Stevenson. That's what we want to see, but what we get is probably going to be a completely different story for Garcia he obviously needs to find his weight now he needs to find the weight and he needs to go with that weight and he needs to start building upon that and start building upon on his future because he's got a bright future ahead of him this is the thing people forget you know he might have he might be 23 and 1 now but he's still 24 years of age the same as someone like a, a Stevenson they're both very young in their in their ages that they could be around for another seven, eight years and still be within the prime of their boxing careers. I don't think Garcia at all is in the prime of his boxing career. I I really don't. I think for me... Garcia will be in the prime of his boxing career in about another three to four years. When he's had more difficult fights like this, this will be a huge learning curve for him, and and hopefully it will make him a better fighter. And we'll see some more exciting fights involving him because he's got the ability to make it difficult for for anybody. It was a really good fight. I really enjoyed the fight. I really enjoyed watching in in the chess match of what was the fight. And I, I, after seeing Rakimov and Cardina, you know, I was just like, what else could top this? And I thought. You know, Davies and Garcia have got someone to live up to here because this fight between Rakimov and Cordina was, was fantastic. So, it did. Davies Garcia did for me. It lived up. It was a great advert for the sport of boxing. That's what I will say. I've, after all the stuff we've seen in the past few weeks, all the controversies, all the issues with drugs testing, another fight has tested positive for Clofamine as well recently. And it's just, it's just marring the... F- sport and muddy in the water so much that you need a legit fight like this to to sort of bring you back into the fold a little bit and this is what we were excited about and i think it this fight in particular certainly delivered but what about Cordina and rakimov then Johnston? that that turned out to be better than i expected oh what a fight
0: what a fight and uh it looked like it was gonna be an early night to be honest if were Cordina at the beginning i couldn't believe it when he put him down i was like wow He's in a bit of bother here, um, but, you know, it Rackham have come back. Um, he had Kordina, he had him hurt a few times or a couple of times. One time in particular where he looked really hurt and he was having to hold on. But Kordina, as we as we said, Sean, we did, we said that Kordina is going to have his problems. It's not going to be an easy night for him. You know, he could box his way to a, an easy victory, but, you know, eventually he's going have to have to dig in. And that's exactly what happened. And, and Rackham put him under some pressure. And uh, what what I loved about Caldina was was the fact that he went through a little bit of adversity in that fight. He recovered himself, went back to his boxing, and his counter punching on Rakamov was just beautiful to watch. When Rakamov would ever go at him, he'd come back with a counter and hurt him back. It was that was what that for me showed a class that I haven't seen from Caldina before. The fact that he can grit in, you love to see that with a fire when he's hurt being able to still have your wits about you, because that's what this is all about, Sean. We, you know, I've, how many times have we said it in our career profiles? How many times have some of the top managers, top top coaches, you know, your Angelo Dundees, your custody whoever you want to put out there, yeah, they all say that this sport is, is p- predominantly mental. And to be in trouble, to then be able to adapt and then recover and then take control of a fight, Speaks volumes about that individual. It's a very hard thing to do when you're tired and you're hurt to be able to get a clear mind. And I, I feel that that's what Cordina done. That's what impressed me.
1: It was a fantastic fight. Contender for fight of the year. We're in April. There's many more fights to go, but he certainly sits up there as one of the fights of the year. It was all action. It was really it was. just action from bell to bell. It was fantastic to watch. Really enjoyed it. Just when you thought Cordina was going to get a victory early on in the fight rakimov just came back and he was like a machine he was like a terminator in the ring he literally just wouldn't stop coming he threw everything he had into that fight and that just goes to show you how much this this fight meant to him clearly because he wouldn't stop until that final bell and joe cardino he was very classy throughout courses of the rounds he was very classy his punch picking was brilliant His ability to manoeuvre around the ring at certain points of the fight was brilliant. His footwork played dividends at certain points of the fight. And I just felt like he, he, he did a bit of everything... In this fight, Cardini, He was able to mix it up and stand and trade with Rakimov. But he was also able to use that movement. Pivot him around. Swivel around Rakimov. Use the punches to effect. And and keep him at bay. And ultimately, he gets a split decision on the card. It goes the distance. As I thought it might. And he gets a split decision. And one judge scored it to Rakimov. And scored it five rounds to Rakimov. Which... I knew it was a really, really close fight. By the end of it, when the bell went and the judges took ages to put the cards out, my honest initial reaction at the time before the scorecards were announced was that it was going to be a draw. That was what I felt. I thought, this is going to be really, really close. It's going to be a draw. Rakimov's had some really, really good rounds, possibly nicked a couple of them rounds as well. And when the scorecards were announced, and it was split, and it was 116-111 to Rakimov, 115-112 to Cardina. and as soon as I heard the word 114, I thought, it's going to draw. 114, it's going to be 114-114, <laughs> a draw. And then he said 113. I was like, I actually didn't know who they were gonna give it to because I thought it was one of them fights. Down any given night, you could have easily looked back at that and scored that to Rakimov because that's how close some of the rounds were in this fight, and that was what was great about it. You know, there was even though Cordina did some great work, Rakimov did some great work in there. His ability to get on the inside, his ability to throw the shots, and and whether they all landed or not, he was still very active all the way through the fight, and I think it just gave us the contrasting tale of, of of two different fighters and two different styles going against one another and it was ultimately Joe Cardina's style that prevailed but like you said Johnston it was nice to see him dig in and grit when he needed to because he was hurt in the fight he was hurt and I thought this is where Rakimov's going to do what he did to Zalva Barrett he's going to get to him later he's going to hurt him and he's a great finisher Rakimov but Cardina had the wits about him he had the determination the heart he had everything he needed to have to be able to get through that and then come back and stamp his authority on the fight and that's just the sign of a great fighter and you know joe cordina in the the super featherweight division now just wants to clean up the division and my word are there some good fights out there for him you've got the likes of oscar valdez iraniel navarrete o foster you know, he's become the new king of this division with his upset of Ray Vargas. So, you know, there's some absolutely fantastic fights out there for Joe Cardino. And I'm very much looking forward to seeing him in the ring again because that was just a, a perfect display of, of great determination, boxing ability. And he came up and he prevailed. Great fight, definitely for one of the fights of the year, that, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it is. And um, I think the one thing I would like to say, because... Um... I do criticize judges. I criticize referees on a regular basis. You know, the third man in the ring, Sean, Mister Steve Gray. I thought he was brilliant. I, I can't help, even when there was a couple of times when they went over their heads, and he sort of just separated them. Just and he kept having a word of them, you know, about their heads, both of them. But he was he allowed that fight to be good. If you can, we've seen it before, have some referees where they're just constantly involved and wanting to be on the screens. He For a big guy as well, Mister Steve Gray. You barely knew he was there at times, and he allowed those guys to fight. So yeah, a big. I'm going to praise him, Mr. Steve Gray. Great job.
1: <laughs> it's not often we uh, we're praising him, is it? We're always slacking him off Never. or something or Always, or <laughs> always. So it's
0: nice to have actually watched the fight and f- actually forget at times that there was even a referee in there. Uh, yeah. Beautiful, love that. Everything about that that fight was 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 brilliant. It was, and, and there's me saying I thought that if that was going to be the most boring of the of the nights because I felt it'd be more of a tactical fight and. One for the boxing purists. Well, I was wrong because there were times in that fight that would just lit up, didn't it? The crowd as well, show uh, the, the rendition that Welsh song. I'm not going to even uh, go there and try and pronounce the name of it, but I've, I've heard it enough in uh, European championships and that. But, core, cool, that was that was powerful that as well, and that was lovely to see that. I mean, um, I just love all that. It, the The crowd, the atmosphere, it was it was electric, and it was and and that just went on to produce 12 great rounds of boxing. love
1: Abs- Absolutely. Absolutely. Really, really thoroughly enjoyed that. And, and on that particular card, I actually enjoyed a few fights on there, to be fair. I enjoyed Gavin Quinn and his well i say destruction I was going to say demolition, destruction of Craig Woodruff. You know, they had a draw in their last fight, which is why this was run back. But this time Gavin Gwyn left no stone unturned in his preparation because he absolutely demolished Craig Woodruff in this right. Because I, I I just watched Gavin just literally just dismantle him and, and when the fight was eventually stopped in the fifth round, it was coming a mile off. It was like three rounds into the fight and he's already had his number and you could tell that Woodruff didn't like what was going on. He he couldn't cope with the tenacity. He couldn't cope being trapped on the ropes. He weren't throwing much back. And I I was saying three rounds into the fight to, to my wife at the time, I was like, he's just not doing nothing. He's not throwing nothing back whatsoever. This is gonna get stopped very shortly. And by round five it got stopped. That was a that was an enjoyable fight to watch. But I'll tell you, apart from Cordina's performance. Who else would you have said got performance of the night? Because I just want to see if you got the same person as me.
0: Jordan Thompson.
1: No, So for Barrett. Barrett. <laughs> I felt Barrett. I felt Barrett had the uh, performance yeah, of the was, night. He
0: had a good night. He did. Yeah, he had a good night against Jason Sanchez, didn't he? He did. He. he I mean, Barrett's got it in the locker now. I suppose he's always there for me. He's got the ability. So, I mean, it's good to see him. Get the victory, and it was a good performance. Sean, you're right. Uh, I was I was impressed with Jordan Thompson's Thompson's performance, though, because you know it's a good win for him against Watkins.
1: Yeah, it was. I, I, I will. Don't get me wrong, I'm I'm not discrediting that as a as a performance because that was a performance. It was good to see Jordan finally getting the recognition which I've seen for years with him in terms of his boxing ability and knowing that he could make it to this level. But to be able to go in there and and beat Watkins and do it in an emphatic fashion where he he took control of the fight, broke it down and eventually stopped Watkins. I thought it was great. It was a great progression for him. And I think there's no time like the present to move him forward now. And I think he he is ready. He says he wants the bigger fights. I think he's ready for them now. I think Luke Watkins is a good good benchmark yeah it's a good benchmark isn't it for him because you look at Watkins' career and who he's lost to and he's only lost to the best fighters really in in and around this division so that that sort of sets you a light as to where Jordan Thompson is. So you think now Thompson's probably ready for all them bigger names in the cruiserweight division. So I'm looking forward to I'd that. I'd like to
0: see uh, Chamberlain. That'd be a good fight, Isaac Chamberlain. I'd like yeah, to see
1: that one. That'd be a good. That'd be a great fight. I think that that would be needed for Chamberlain because Chamberlain needs a little bit of of redemption, does. doesn't he? At this point, with you know CBS, Chris billum and Smith having the E.coli fight now on May the 27th, you know someone like Isaac Chamberlain's kind of out in the cold a little bit, and I think Jordan Thompson needs a win against someone like an Isaac Chamberlain to continue moving forward. However, his domestic opposition. What they were saying in the post-fight interview, what Hearn was saying is like, we want to move forward. We want world-level fighters. The This was an IBF European Cruiserweight title fight. So obviously that puts him in the top 15 within the IBF rankings. And now that gives him the opportunity to, to fight world-level contenders, fringe contenders. So it looks like that's the route they're gonna potentially take him down. Although the Chamberlain fight would be would be brilliant, I think with a lot of our guys fighting each other at the moment at cruiserweight, I think it would make sense to do it. So yeah, yeah, I think I think it's a
0: crossroad for the pair of them. It gives them both an opportunity, doesn't it? it? Gives Chamberlain another opportunity. You know, he's only lost to the best, really, in this division as well. So Thompson's on his way out. You know, he's undefeated, so it, it makes sense. But I know it, it depends, isn't it? Really, with these guys, how they're gonna how they're gonna maneuver them and 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 I I think. The reason why our cruiserweights have done so well is because they've fought each other. And that, that is, for me, it gets them into a a great... like It, it just helps them. It develops you as a fighter. Yeah. So when you go for adversity and you, you make that stepping stone up into the next level, you're going to come through with shining colours. And, and that's what I think Jordan needs. just needs another step up and Chamberlain's another step up. And Chamberlain is also a guy that's good enough. Just sticking him in with a couple of Romanians, no disrespect to the Romanians, I'm just saying that <laughs> I don't believe that. You know, you don't want what you what you don't want now is a soft touch. No, you know, he's fourteen fights in. You get, you get. You, I say your soft touches, but you get your learning curves. You get your learning fights after ten. After ten fights, this is where you need to start moving up. There's no point now in dipping down below a Luke Watkins. It just doesn't make sense. And then no, that, you're, that you're right. Me, I think Chamberlain is the perfect. It, it, it gives him that opportunity, doesn't it? To one on him to. It's a danger fight because Chamberlain could beat him. So yep. that's
1: what's about is isn't it? That's what you exactly. want. Exactly. Exactly. And I couldn't have put it better myself. At the end of the day, this is this is something I criticised Selva Barrett and his team for previously. You know, he's he's sort of thirty one fights into his career now, you know, and he's had these world title shot and he lost to Rakhimov, but he's shown he was world level in that fight and he was unlucky in that fight. And I think what he's shown against Jason Sanchez who who came in he's shown that he had, again, heart and determination, he boxed beautifully, he really looked well, Sanchez did put up a little bit of, of resilience in there, which, is, which was good, because he needs that, you know, when he's bowling people over, you don't need to be bowling people over all your career, and that, that's kind of what Zelford did for uh, the best part of his career, he's, he's got these Romanians, he's got the Eastern Europeans, and he got the guys in that, that made him look good, and he's shown his boxing ability, but it was when he stepped up to that top level, where, you know, he, he's been... Shown to be at that level when he fought Kiko Martin, is in that controversial win that yep. he got when potentially that that could have been a loss for him in, in in any other given night. But he needed that experience, like you were saying about Thompson needing the experience. Self so got that level of experience. He goes in against Rakimov. He does really well for what now is it eight nine rounds and gets yeah, caught and it. gets stopped. And then he goes into this fight and he just looks as good. I think now there's a potential here where. Zelfa will fight Cordina, because Zelfa was saying in his post-fight interview, you know, he wants the Cordina fight, and apparently they'd spoken, you know, behind closed doors, and that, that was something they wanted to do, so Cordina and Zelfa Barrett, uh, for Cordina's first events, and Zelfa Barrett getting another shot at the title, is is, is great, really, for British boxing, because, you know, you've got two British guys... Going in there and fighting for that for that title, so that's that's fantastic. That'd be that'd be a really good way for for Cordina to carry on, and, and obviously for Zelfa to get another opportunity. It'd be a great fight because they've both got great abilities as well. So that was a, that was a good good fight to watch. I did enjoy that. I enjoyed Jordan's fight. I enjoyed Gavin's fight. I watched Sandy Ryan pick up the WBO welterweight title. She now looks like she's going to be fighting Jessica McCaskill as well, which is going to be a really interesting fight. It, the fight itself was quite one sided. Though I I thought when I watched it at times I was kind of switching off if I'm being totally honest you know I was kind of losing concentration with, with watching it because I think she handled it so well and so comfortably that it, it was like what you were saying about the potential between Makumov and Cardina that you can kind of when you get a fight like this sometimes you can you can kind of switch off if if there's not the sort of level of action that you're kind of expecting out of it. So it was great to see her win and it's good that it looks like they've got a deal already signed to fight Jessica McCaskill in the welterweight division. That's perfect for her. You know, this is this is where she's sort of come onto the map now. So I'm, I'm happy for her. She overcame adversity from that earlier loss to now become a world champion to now looking like she's okay. going to be fighting for you know for more than just one title so that's um it's really good it was it wasn't actually a bad card i actually enjoyed quite a few of the fights on the card so it made a change to be able to come on the podcast and say i actually enjoyed four or five fights on this card rather than saying it was just one maybe two at best and the rest was just pretty box standard for me so yeah i was really happy with with watching quite a few of them fights and then Going back to the American card then, Johnston, of course, we've yeah. got to talk about David morell in the super middleweight division and getting that first round KO.
0: Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, that was just completely, I wasn't expecting that at all um, for Morrell. I mean, I was expecting a knockout. I, I was actually going over six, to be honest with you. I thought that Falco might be able to present a, a bit more uh, of a challenge for him. But Morrell was brutal. He was absolutely brutal. There was, a, there was a moment in there where his legs had gone Falco as well, where you sort of thought could the referee have stopped it there? There were probably a couple of moments. Maybe he could have stepped in just before the absolute rendering, when uh, poor Falco ended up literally going to sleep on the canvas for a, for a while. And uh, yeah, I, I mean Morel, was celebrated as well it was nice. He celebrated. And he was like you know happy with a win, but then he sort of settled down a little bit after you know the just you're you gonna do that. The adrenaline kicks in, and and I think after a while it was like he settled down and let's, let's just get Falco back up on on his. Up, up on his arse, basically, uh, and awake, but um, devastating knockout, absolutely devastating. I mean, I think he's after Benavides, isn't he? As well, I believe. And do you know what? Um, for a guy who's just I know the thing is, he's eight fights in and he's absolutely demolishing guys. Um, I think it, I still feel, or nine fights in, sorry, I still feel that um, he just needs another couple, you know, just just have another couple. I, I, I feel. Rather than trying to push that Benavides fight, because I I'm not saying he, he wouldn't be able to knock him out, but I feel that you just need a couple of more learning curves. In he's never been really in a situation before where he's actually been really hurt and needing to dig deep. I think he needs one of them. I think he needs someone to hurt him because otherwise he's going to walk into that fight. For he's going to bow everyone over. Realize all of a sudden Benavides is still standing there when he lands one, and that's when you come unstuck. So, but for me, look, Sean, great finish was a great finish. You can't knock that and just after one round as well. Yep. I mean, he needs a few more rounds, doesn't he? I mean, it's impressive. <laughs> like, you know, nine fights, eight knockouts, what, 40 rounds, the guy's not messing about. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know what you think. Do you think you should take that fight, benefit Is it too early for him?
1: Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, part of me says yeah, and another part of me says no, and I suppose the part of me that says no is because I think of Leon Spinks and Muhammad Ali. I think of, of, <laughs> exactly. of, of, of yeah, that sort of hist- history of the sport. <laughs> when you, Well, when you've got someone, Johnson, that's so well built in their career already, that they've had such an extensive career outside of the professional side of the sport. You can't really discredit the fact that if they're ready for it, they're ready for it. At the end of the day, if they've had that many fights outside of of the professional side of the sport, then you've got to give them the opportunity. You know, you look at Lomachenko going for a world title in his second fight. Yeah, albeit he, he lost to Salido, but look at what he went on to do following that. So, you know he was able to go into that second professional fight and 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 be there and hang it with Salido. You know he lost, he learned from it, he came back and he dominated for many many fights. And I think someone like Morel could go in there with Benavides. Yeah, it could be a real big learning curve for him, but it depends on him. It depends on his team. If they feel he's ready for it, then 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 they know best. You know, at the end of the day, they know best. But I understand what you're saying because you'd want to see him. You know, at least have them extra couple of. Maybe more difficult fights because if he does go in there and he gets beaten and and then people are going to say yeah well he didn't have enough fights because that's the first that thing you naturally that's the first thing you naturally say it's like oh well you know he only had nine fights so you got to give him his uh, his due he's gone in there after nine and 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 put a good performance on and he'll learn from that but. He might not want to be in that position. If he if he wants I'm, to go out there and make a statement, would, then fair play.
0: I would I would absolutely love to see him fight that Belanga. I think that would be a great fight, Edgar Belanga. Yeah. Um, I think that's a good fight. I know he's a little bit lower down in the rankings, some people.
1: It's a great fight, though. 20, you know,
0: that's a good fight, you know. Both 25, you know, that, you know you're expecting a knockout. So that would be a great, great fight. And then from there, then you can maybe look at like a John Ryder after... I'm, I'm writing him off here, you know, after <laughs> the Alvarez fight. But you, that's the sort of route, isn't it? Uh, Gongora. And then you can go, like... Then you can look at maybe, like, a plant. Put, trying to get on... Even trying to get uh, Demetrius Andre. Try and get him in the ring after. You know, once you've sort of got rid of those fringe fighters. I think... I don't believe David Benavidez will take the fight. He wants a Canelo fight. Yep. Clearly. I'm sure he would be pushing for that. Um, and eventually... I think it is, that's that's sort of the fight that's going to happen. But great, impressive performance from Real. But the one thing I will say as well is uh, uh, the bully. Uh, what's his face? Uh, Beck the bully. I must talking about fighters here, like Thompson. Where you know where you where you need those challenges. You know, if there's no one better than Gabriel Rosado, is there, Sean? I mean, the guy <laughs> sixteen or was it seventeen defeats? But the guy is a challenge. You know, he is. He knocked him out. He, met, he knocks out Buddy the Beck in like unbelievable fashion. Never, you didn't even know it's going to happen. They have the rematch, and Buddy the Beck that puts in a good performance and gets the win. I knew I had a feeling that Rosado would go the distance. He's just that perfect guy. If you can find those guys like the Morel, if he can find a guy that can stand up to him and take him twelve rounds, that is exactly what.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. Well, let's just move over to the card that happened in Poland and. Alan Babich the Savage, oh. so much has been made of him in his future, and now it's been completely turned on its ass because he got stopped by a fellow undefeated fighter in Lucas Rosansky in the first round, and it was quite an emphatic stoppage as well. God, man, he's at the beginning and of the end of Alan Babbage because it kind of felt a little bit like it after watching that. I was like, he just doesn't seem to be there. It's like his his body was there, but his mind wasn't, and he got absolutely obliterated in the first round. And you know all this hype now surrounding him, I think it's gonna fade pretty quickly because I just don't see how. He would be able to regain what he had you know he was on this 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 really good spell of knocking fighters out and getting really significant victories he was beating people like Niall Kennedy and Tom Little and Damian Chambers and then Eric Molina and you know these are all names that we know in the UK and and are all names that were Tests for him at certain levels. They were tests, and then he comes up against Rosinski, who is fourteen and oh and, and you know, for the most part, largely unknown. He he knocks out Arthur Spilker in his in his last fight, but that was like two years ago, so he'd not yeah. fought for that length two of time, years. and yet he comes <laughs> in and takes out the takes out the Savage. And oh, I just don't know what that's gonna do for Savage now. I, I just think he, you know, for, for for him going forward, just. Does that take that aura away from him? Because I think it does. That aura that he had around him now, where matchroom were promoting the hell out of him, I've got a feeling he's going to become one of these these fighters that just get dropped quicker than a bad habit.
0: I think you might be right. I mean, he <laughs> the thing is, is when you looked at the fight, you see Rosansky, and he's got he's a big big fella. I mean, he's 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 a heavyweight, a big massive heavyweight. Uh, I mean, two fifty, I think he weighed two. I think it was about 250, Wade. Uh, yeah, he was he was a big, big fella. He was, you know, he, not not on the night, but he, in his career, he's actually gone up that high. He's, what, 37 years of age. He's, he could obviously bang. And when you see Babbage and you see how many times he does get it square on the chin, and he's been sort of staggered a couple of times, you did feel like, well, I don't know, maybe giving away those sort of 10 pounds, I think it was, or 12-odd 12 or 12 pounds, that eventually he might become a cropper. But you sort of felt that Babbage would come through it. And then in the end, it was... I mean, he moaned at the end, but he was put down and he was hurt a couple of times. And for me, the uh, referee was within his rights. Um, he could have let it continue, but I think it was only going to go one way. So Babic, now, what's he going to do? He, I mean, he has to fight the guy against Sean, doesn't he? I mean, unfortunately for him, he's going to have to go and take this guy on in Poland again.
1: <laughs> that's, the, well, that's the only way to redeem yourself, really, isn't it? It's, it's the only way. Is... And
0: he's not hes not the type of guy that you can change and he's going to sort of bob and weave and he, no. he's going to move. It's just good. The only thing that's going to happen is hopefully he gets in quicker. That's it.
1: Well, on the same card, Martin Bicoli was out and he got a victory TKO in the third round against a opponent named Hulk. Which look, he was ten and zero. You know, he wasn't known by anybody. He's not really ranked anywhere. And the most interesting part about the whole Martin Bicoli being in Poland was the fact that Dillian White was also there. And Dillian White Mm. called Martin Bacole a paedophile and a nonce in an interview with a Polish reporter. So Martin (laughs) Bacole was shouting something in the background. And if anybody's seen this, then you will know what I'm talking about. If you haven't, go and watch it. It's a little interview that that Dillian White's doing with a Polish reporter there and you can hear someone shouting in the background it's Martin Bicoli shouting at Dillian White giving him some some crap basically you know for a, a potential future fight between the two of them and in the middle of conversation literally Dillian White just says I don't know what he's saying over there he's, he's a paedophile he's a nonce and then he starts shouting back at him and then I saw another video I think it was Boxing Social that stuck this out where Dillian White's sort of half up the stairs and Martin is at the bottom of the stairs and they're still trading verbals with one Another, but nothing's actually happening, and it's like, well, it's quite obvious Dillian White isn't getting the Joshua fight that he wanted in the summer, so he's looking for an opponent right now. And he seems to be popping up on on every show at the moment as a pundit, and he's looking for a, a potential heavyweight fight. I think mean, there's certainly going to be a little bit of needle to this now because I think people are going to have to get their uh, their lawyers uh, around because he's just accused Martin Bacoli of being a paedophile and a nonce. No. So I'm not too sure where that's actually going to go from here, but there's definitely needle for a fight between those two, isn't there?
0: I'd say that's not a bad little fight to have, actually. Um, it's a dangerous one, really, for Dillian, to be fair. I think Bacoli's got the potential to beat him, so that'd be a good fight. I mean... That just helped Bacoli out in a way. I mean, the fact that he's called him a, a nonce and a pedo is not good from Dylan. But, you know, Dylan is, he's Dylan, isn't he? He's what he's going to do. He's the same as Derek. You know, they're, they're the type of guys that say these stupid things. I'm sure there's no substance to what he's saying. It's just him being a little, just just trying to sort of piss him off. And uh, he's clearly done that. Hopefully, they get. They, you know, there's only one way to sort these differences out, isn't there, Sean? that's fight.
1: <laughs> yeah good old harry hill fights get the fight <laughs> on guys get it on yeah it's a good fight uh and i'd like to see it because i think because could beat white i'll be honest with you i think because could. beat.
0: he's definitely got a great chance he has he
1: has he has i think he's come a long way since that loss to michael hunter i think he really has come a long way since then and you think about some of the victories he's had over the past couple of years i think i think look at the victories look at the wins look at where he's been written off and he's got these victories like beating Tony Oka in his last fight was, was was a big win for him he's beat Marius Wack in 2019 you know he's beat Kevin Johnson he's beat Sergey Kuzmin he's had some really good victories on his resume in this heavyweight division and I think it's time he had a big fight what bigger fight to have than somebody you need to fight at the moment and I think this would be a, a good sell because it would certainly be some needle behind it um, not condoning any of the comments from Dillian because of course you know they're really defamatory and de- derogatory towards Bicoli but at the end of the day now he's it's, it's certainly going to provide something going forward for, for a fight between the two of them but yeah overall Johnson this weekend was just great it was great to watch weren't it it was was great seeing boxing come out of the gutter for a change because at the moment it feels like in every other interview that somebody's doing or someone's getting tested positive for something it feels like boxing just keeps getting kicked to the curb and down the gutter and when you get weekends like this it makes you fall back in love with the sport if you start to fall out with it so it was great to see
0: it was and it's good to see garcia davis and fighting each other. I mean, we as you say, you know, a lot of crap going about at the minute. I mean, even these discussions with this super fights with uh, Wilder and Joshua and Fury and Usyk and the amount of money and, that, you know, this potential, whether it be like a weekend or if it's some sort of four-fight deal or, you know, where the winners fight each other, the losers fight each other and and then he's probably going to be in Saudi. And, you know, it's, it all sounds magical, but um, there's just no substance to it because it doesn't. It's just the chance. So that's not going to bloody happen. So we're going to see. Um, probably Fury will fight someone in the summer at some point, which is promising. Uh, may even be uh, old uh, Zhang. Who knows? Uh, but, yeah, so it's, it's, it's uh, the one thing about this weekend, you've seen Davis and Garcia step up to the plate. No titles on the line. Just all that was about was just getting the better of your opponent getting the better of your other, the guy the other challenger in the division and that was all that was about and there's no titles there was no I actually thought someone was going to pull in a WBC title at some point and put it around Davis's neck and I'm glad they <laughs> did I really am I thought I don't know God knows what they would have called it called it something special and they didn't so it was just all about bragging rights and I love that that's what it's. That's what the sport's about you know, they are they're contenders end of the day they're not no, none of them are champions they've been champions but they are they were in there with no straps around the belt and i think that just shows you there was a lot of intrigue about the fight everyone wanted to see it so it just shows you you don't need these titles online that doesn't necessarily have to be a unification fight have the bollocks to fight each other and as you say as you said rightly said sean garcia's lost he will come back a better fighter and um who knows maybe he gets haney fight in a couple of years and beats him so who knows and then all of a sudden everyone says how great garcia is it's it's you know, they've just got to fight each other, and and it was nice to see old uh, Sugar Ray Leonard there as well, and uh, discussing his fights with Duran and Hagler. That was that was good to see, and they did really push that. We even said that Sean didn't we? You mentioned uh, yep. Leonard and Hagler, and I mentioned Leonard and Duran, and. Funny enough, they were using those for uh, for fragments of the show to push the show, just to show yep. you that you know, you know these these greats they, they look where they become and look what they go on to. So hopefully, it is a, it's a great chance for it for it to happen. And yeah, I've really enjoyed it. And do you know what, I actually stayed. I, mean, I didn't stay up. I fell asleep and woke up. Much <laughs> I ain't done that in a long time. I haven't done that in a long time because that's how much I went to see it.
1: Yeah, it was great. A great weekend. I've really enjoyed it. I've really enjoyed talking about it again for this episode. And I hope you guys listening, you've enjoyed our thoughts, feelings, and opinions on the action over the weekend. Please do get in touch if you've got any thoughts and feelings of your own about the fights or the future of some of these fighters. It would be really good to hear from you. You can find us on every social media channel at BTR Boxing Podcast. And please make sure you're going, checking out all of our series-based content. We have The Darker Side of Boxing, Seasons 1, 2, and 3. That has just finished airing. So please, if you're relatively new to the network, go and listen to The Darker Side of Boxing. Listen to Career Profiles, 40 episodes, biographies on some of the most notable fighters in boxing history. And some of those that might be classed as quite obscure... But fighters that you'll never forget about once you hear about them. And then you've got our legendary night series. Some of the most compelling fights in boxing history. Retold stories that you may never have heard about behind the scenes and another great show to the network. So please make sure you do check out all of our series-based content. And we also encourage you to go and check out our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash btrboxingpodcast. On there, you will get early access to series-based content. You'll get ad-free versions of all of our episodes on there. You'll get Patreon-only episodes, and you will get an exclusive series, which is called Boxing Through the Decades, where me and Johnston, we go through all of the decades, from 1900 all the way up to 2020, in single individual episodes. We talk about notable fighters, notable fights some of the best weights, some of the best names in this sport. And ultimately, the plan for us is to get to the end of the show and do a a final episode where we compile all of these fighters together and ultimately try and give you the definitive list of the best fighters in that particular period of time. So, you know, we're still... Going through it, we're just about to release the 1960s episode, so there's quite a few episodes already out there. Plus, you've got all the other Patreon-only one-off stuff that we've done. So, if you want to become a patron, and you want to subscribe, and you want to put a little bit of support towards us financially, you can do so, and get all of that in return. Please do go and check it out. And for those that are already there, that are long-time patrons that have been supporting us for quite some time, and even those that are very new to Patreon, thank you, thank you so much for always supporting us. And that is it for this episode of the Big Fight Reaction. Thank you so much for listening and we will see you next time. The dream is made real! Ricky Howard rocks the world! How do you like it? How do you like it?
0: I wish I was fifty years younger and Podcast Network.